Welcome to The Morning Crew, a grief podcast hosted by three gals in their mid-20s. Here, talking about grief is completely normal and a part of our everyday life. So grab a cup of coffee or a drink. Grief conversations can actually be that casual. So let's talk about it. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. It feels like kind of a lifetime, honestly, since we've recorded an actual episode. Um, I know I was on vacation last week. I feel like, Kelsey, you had some a huge change in your work schedule last yes, week. Yes, definitely. It's been crazy. Yeah, definitely had a lot going on, but it's good. It keeps me busy. Yeah, so there's been a lot going on, but... Um, I kind of wanted to start off today talking about how I posted publicly on my Instagram page, which honestly, I don't think I know. I mean, I don't think I don't know what it's like to be engaged, but I feel (laughs) like I got engaged (laughs) because of the amount of like congratulations text messages I was getting was insane. And just the support, it was amazing. And I think like, Overall, I obviously expected a lot of support and kindness from my close friends, but I think it was the people who are like not really connected to me directly or haven't spoken to me in years. And those kinds of messages that I was actually getting were the ones that like blew me away and really just reinforced like what an amazing thing that we are doing and to be super proud of it and just hearing messages from literally like coworkers I haven't spoken to in four or five years that are reaching out saying that this is resonating with them. Like it made me feel so happy and proud that we are touching like the community that we want to be and that it's reaching those. And it's crazy how like one message gets passed down to another. Like somebody will be like, I shared this with my mom because she lost her parents at a young age. So she's listening or I shared this um, like one of my old high school like guidance counselors reached out to me and was sharing this with people she knew and other like students and just it's just been an amazing like i guess reach that we've been able to achieve and i think that that's super cool so i'm super stoked and kind of want to share that with you guys too that's amazing. Like I'm so happy to hear that and so excited. I know I have yet to share publicly and like anxious about those kind of in-between people that you literally addressed and said that they are the ones who pleasantly surprised you. So that's really great to hear. Were you like, what did it feel like when you pressed send on that post? Like, did you feel this sense of relief? Were you anxious about it? Like, what were you expecting? I was so anxious. Like, I didn't realize how anxious I was because we've been doing putting in the work and doing all of it beforehand. And so I think we had like, I don't know, you were saying like 11 to like 14 like listens on our, on our like first episode before. And we were like, who are these random people? So now to feel like to see the number of listens and know like names and faces of people that are actually probably listening. Like that is so scary to me. And so I was super anxious, but I, again, overwhelmed by the response and it's just been like, again, I just can't stop saying amazing because it was very heartwarming and um, yeah, just made us, made me feel really proud about 
all of the work we've put in. Oh, that's amazing. I'm so happy that that you were able to do that. I'm in the same camp as Kelsey where like I haven't really shared publicly but with a few people um, just for, you know, different reasons. Um, but it's also – it's a weird feeling to be so proud of something and not share it and like scream it. Um, so I've told – like I said, I've told a few people um, – but I love that you were able to kind of – and you you did. You brought – this was your baby that you kind of – your passion project that you started, pitched, organized, and got all kicked off. Um, so I'm so happy that you got that experience, and I can't wait to have mine whenever the time comes and I feel ready to do that. But um, I'm so excited for you. Definitely. So I guess we should get into what we're talking about for today, um, dating and relationships, which is a loaded topic on its own without grief in the mix, but throw grief in and it's just lots of layers of complicated or awkward or you don't know how to approach things. Um, Kathy's had the experience of her essentially entire dating career having to to work through grief <laughs> and everything, unless not including any dates you went on as like, I don't know if you're 11 going on any <laughs> dates, but for your dating career had to deal with that. Um, and I had it very recently where I was actually dating somebody during the experience of my mom's passing, which I know is very unique um, and was a weird added layer, but also kind of nice. It, it's so funny how life works out or timing works out. Um, and, you know, you go into dating someone you just would never expect such a thing. But that that was my situation. And I know Mads, you've had a little bit of it as well, and X is reaching out. So we have a lot of stuff to get into today. Yeah, lots to unpack. And Kelsey, I want to definitely hear more about your kind of experience as much as you want to share um, about your partner and kind of how you navigated through that. Um, so do you want to? I, I want to start off by hearing about that because I've been. I know whenever, even whenever we first met, we, you mentioned that, um, and so it's something I want to know more about. Oh yes, definitely. No, I it, it's a it's an interesting one, and so I'm good. I'm good to share the general um, dynamics and like timeline of it all. So, um, he was somebody he was somebody that I dated starting in you know, like March, April, and my mom passed early June. So it wasn't very long. We were dating um, to the point where when we first started dating, he didn't even know she was sick, and then it was like she was getting sicker really quickly. And then it was to the point where I did have to say something. And I, I remember feeling so nervous because it's such a big, heavy, personal thing. And we had still only gone on a handful of dates and I did like him, but I just really didn't know how to approach it. And it was getting to a point where like she was getting sicker. I didn't know fully what that meant, but I knew it meant too that I was leaving San Francisco to go home to be there. So it was also like, I'm dropping this bomb on you that this is what's going on with me personally. And sorry, I'm not going to even be in the same city anymore. And I don't know when I'm going to come back. So I remember being at his place and we were like on his roof and talking. And I was like, so I'm normally pretty, pretty vocal and good about sharing stuff, but always with my mom and I always having to tell people she was sick was the hardest thing I always ran into because it's just like hearing it out loud. Maybe I just didn't want it to be true. I didn't want to admit it, but he couldn't have been kinder and just like really like held there in the moment, you know, listened to me, said he was there, said like, I'll be here when you're ready or when you get back, like take care of your family, do not worry. Um, so then the rest of that time when we were really in the trenches and she was getting a lot sicker, um, you know, we're 
we're texting, we're having some phone calls, not a lot. He did a great job at like giving space, but checking in and wanting to be there. And of course he had never met her or anything like that. And then on the flip side, um, I haven't dated all that many people in my adult life. So um, on the flip side with my family and with people coming over to visit, it was this funny distraction when everything was really dark and heavy. It was like, oh, Kelsey's actually dating someone. Like, what's he like? Like, what's happening? And so in a weird, twisted way, it was like, I had this person who was there to support me. And then on the flip side, which I don't even think he knows, like we would talk about it, not in super depth, but they'd be like, oh my gosh, you're dating someone. And it was this weird distraction during everything. But it got to the point where, you know, I was home. I had to be telling him like, it's getting worse. And then it was like on me, it was a weird thing to gauge over text of like, I'm not giving him updates every second. It's not like he's this boyfriend I've had for like years and years, but I want to keep him in the loop and he's there. It's like such a bizarro thing to navigate. But I, you know, I sent the text to him when she did pass and his response like couldn't have been more mature and kind and comforting. Like I had, you know, I showed like a girlfriend or two and they were just like blown away. Like he really hit on like, you know, acknowledging it, like acknowledging the pain, however I'm feeling is okay, that he's there, that he wishes he could do something, whatever he can do. And it almost made our relationship that otherwise we had seen each other only a few times. Like it got deeper and more intimate because we were sharing this weird thing. Like I said, it's so trippy talking about it. Um, And then a lot of people had asked me, like, was he going to come to the service, her service? And I was like, no, no. Like, one, like, the I was, because so much was going on, I was already keeping this dating private. And I was like, it's like coming to a wedding. Like, every human being I knew was at that service. I'm not, that's not the place you introduce somebody you're dating. That's a little much for me. So I was like, (laughs) no. Um, But I remember he wanted to hear on the phone, like how the service went. And I kind of ran through it like an event planner, like, because I think I've shared, like, I really helped coordinate. I was like, yep, the flowers were like this, and it happened this way. And then we went to this place. And he actually stopped me. He was like, okay, like, that's great. Now, can you tell me how you actually felt and like what happened and how it made you feel and what it was like. And he's like, like, I, that's great. I'm sure it was beautiful, but I want to hear how you were feeling. And I remember that like hit me that he was able to even like hear on the phone and like know me enough to know that I was going to talk high level and like challenge me. So he did really help it process. And he was there that like, I remember seeing him the first time afterwards and he was just like, whatever you want to do, whatever you need, like we can do, I can do. And the relationship didn't end up working for other reasons and totally cordial. But I, I kind of look back like he really was there. Like everything happens for a reason kind of a thing. Like he was there at a time in my life that I, I guess, needed him to be there and he served a great purpose. So I'm sure there's not many people out there who've maybe experienced something similar. But um, yeah, that's that's a unique one for sure. I feel like there are maybe people out there that have gone through that experience. So I'm sure hearing this back will be super validating for them. And it is so unique. So um, I I know you probably feel like you're probably like the only person that has like gone through something like that. But I'm sure there is and there are people out there that have. And so this will be like super illuminating for those people um, I think in the end, you would say overall, the distraction helped you and it wasn't more difficult. Would you agree? 
Yeah, I would agree. I think the distraction helped me and he did a good job of not like, because look, also I didn't say this. When I said to him that first time, hey, she's really sick. I'm going home. We hadn't dated that long. If he would have said, you know what, you go do your thing. Like, I don't think this will work, but I support you. I wouldn't have like, I wouldn't have held anything against him. Like it was really new. It was really fresh. Like had he said like, I mean, he's a guy in his twenties. He said like, Oh, I'm, I didn't sign up for that shit. Like absolutely not. Good luck with that. Goodbye. I wouldn't have blamed him. So the fact that he even was willing to like sit there with me during that, I remember it was for that reason and the way he handled it, I will say it added the distraction and it added the support. Somebody outside my immediate like family and friend circle who was like there just for me and no other, you know what I mean? Like didn't know my family, didn't know anyone else was there just for me, like from our first episode, the different circles. So it did end up being a good thing. It made things a little complicated when we were ending things. And I said like it was the right thing. It was very cordial, but I did have this weird thought of like, I did talk to my mom about him and that was the last person my mom knew of. Like we, she never met him, but, and I was like, you know, not to, not that that's a reason to like marry someone, but I it was a thought that crossed my head. Like she knew about him in like the early days, gave me advice. And it's a bummer that she won't get to hear about, you know, future people I date. But that, that was kind of a weird added layer too. No, that was, I was going to ask you if, if that was, if you wanted to not unpack it, but like touch on if it was hard to make that decision or when you did have to like say goodbye to that person. I don't know if you even talk to them or not still, but it's kind of difficult. I, I imagine it's it's difficult to to just like say goodbye to someone who you spoke to all the time, but also went through something so not traumatizing, but just such an experience for you. Yes. So we like very loosely keep in touch and it's totally fine. But it was that moment like when we were having that ending conversation and it was pretty mutual too. Um, like I really made a point to be like, like, I will never be able to thank you enough for you being there for me during this time, like everything else aside. And I think he heard that and acknowledged it. And, you know, it was weird to move on from that. But it was one of those where I also just felt in my gut for other reasons that he wasn't the person to continue dating. So it wasn't like I ever had a sense of regret. It was just uh, like a lot going on with life changing and transition. So like I was also around the time we ended things, I had a birthday, I moved it like a big part of work had ended. So just the combination of things going on in that time was more jarring than maybe just the ending of that relationship. Yeah. Um, I commend you still even so like knowing that there were maybe other reasons that it needed to end because I think, I mean, I've heard of some advice from other friends in the past or just like through other people that have gone through loss while dating somebody, like how hard it is not to completely associate them with your healing process through losing them. And then you become attached to them and maybe lean on them in the future. And like, I am sure there are people out there that continuously reach out to their significant other partner after like years after because they were that crutch for them. So I just want to say, like, I know that that can be a super hard thing. Um, and it's hard to really separate, like, the actual relationship with the event that happened and the support you had at that time. So still commend you for it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. No, for sure. I think I think things maybe would have been different had it been, like, you know, 
we were madly in love and we were like two years into a relationship yeah. and it was really serious. And then we decided to end things. Like I feel like that would have probably dug in deeper. It's weird in a different way that we – it was only a few months before this all started happening. But I think it helped – where, of course, I have this larger community of people helping me and supporting me and everything. But yeah, I can definitely see how that that would happen for sure. Like you're dating someone during any traumatic moment in your life and getting an added layer of attachment when they're there for you. So I feel like that's the side of the coin that makes more sense and my experience is a little bit more unique. Right. Well, I uh... – I was curious. So, okay. Thank you for sharing that, Kelsey. Um, I was really grateful that you you shared that with all of us. Um, but I'm also curious now. I know Kathy, uh, Kelsey mentioned your dating career, which the terminology of that made me giggle because I love it. Um, but what do you think about, you know, if you have since your, since your um, father has passed away, if you've met someone, how you bring that up? Kind of whenever you're first meeting or getting to know someone, how does that kind of play a role in the dating process? Yeah. Well, I can tell you I've been on my fair share of app dates, so I feel like I've had quite the experience with this. Um, And I think in general, obviously, like on your first couple of dates, you're talking about where you're from, where your parents are from, where you grew up. And so naturally, those questions come up. And it's interesting because I feel like Obviously, as a society, we're always saying like our parents, we're grouping them together, which I thought, which I just feel like I pick up on now so much more because you are more like alerted with that terminology instead of just calling out like your mom and your dad singularly. Um, And so I probably avoid saying anything until I absolutely have to bring it up. I think I fall under the camp of I don't really know you that well. And until I like gain your trust and I do really think that there's going to be like a longer term future, then maybe I'll bring this up. Even for somebody that has lost someone like 15 years ago, I'm still feeling that it's still too personal to share in a sense. So that all that to say, like, I think even with time, it doesn't, it's still a sensitive topic for some people. And it is for me. But I know like other friends that immediately bring it up um, so that they can feel that their loved one is actually a part of the conversation and continuing to remember them and like make sure that a future partner does know that that happened to them so that they know like that shaped them and that's who made them they are today. And some people just want to be like super upfront about that. Like on the first date, I am not like that. I literally like edit my language and tense to say, oh, my dad is from this country and and I won't use the past tense was like again until I feel so confident that I want to tell this person like that's how like anxious I guess I get about it or and also how down to the nitty gritty I am about it too and how careful I am when I do say something. And of course, people might pick up on it. Like if I'm only talking about my mom and they continuously only talk about my mom, eventually like somebody's going to hypothesize. But yeah. I was going to ask like, what are your tactics or like, does that make you more nervous going into a first date? Like if you had to break your thought process into like a pie chart, like how much is it like do I like this person? Um, Like, do I have something in my teeth? Like, are they cool? And are they going to make me have to talk about my dad? Like, how much is it taking up your headspace when you're going on a first date? 
I think in the beginning, it was that it was probably like 50% of my headspace. And now it's probably like 25% of my headspace. So maybe with time, it does go a little bit lower. And maybe because with experience, you know exactly what to say, and you can handle the questions, and you've just gone through it so many times versus in the beginning of dating. And especially with age, like, it might be more common, unfortunately, that somebody has lost a parent versus like when I was younger, it wasn't as common. So I think it would be more of like a bomb drop than it would be maybe today. Have you been on a date where somebody shared with you first that they lost a parent or lost somebody and then it made you go like, oh, I can actually tell you this or how have you heard it? Yes, I have. And then that definitely helps me open up, I would say. So if the other person has, I feel like I definitely then talk about it. Or if they've gone through like maybe a parent having cancer, then I'll probably talk about it too because they've gone through that similar experience. And I feel like that is so nuanced in itself that they have an understanding there too. Yeah, for sure. Like I, I'm definitely just starting to navigate this too. I've been on a handful of first or first and second dates. And um, like, I I am in my head a little bit about it where I'm like, oh, are they going to ask me about my parents' family? Like how, and I'm with you with the like first date where I'm really just still getting to know someone trying to avoid it unless I absolutely have to. Um, Not to say again, if people do share right away, like there's no problem with that. Um, There was one person, it was the first time I'd met him, but we had been talking for like three or four hours. So it was long into the conversation. And he just went, so how was your 2021? Um, It was like around (laughs) New Year's time. And I was like, well, I I know that was one where I totally could have lied. And I could have just been like, oh, it was fine, whatever. But um, I, it was a good enough conversation. I trusted him enough. And, you know, I, I was like, well, maybe this is a good time for me to like test run telling somebody. And it's so weird doing that. But I I think I framed it somewhere like, well, I like paused for a long time and like gave him a look. So he kind of knew like, okay, something's up here. And I said, well, um, you know, my my mom's cancer advanced quite a bit and she passed away, unfortunately. You know, my family all got to be together and it was really tough and really hard and as hellish as you would think it would be. But I also had, you know, a lot of support and community and, you know, have, you know, these things going on for me in this way. So, you know, blah, blah, blah. I said something like that, like beyond high level. And he just kind of looked at me at first and I was like, oh God, like that was, that was rough. (laughs) And so I was like, sorry to be a buzzkill or something. And I tried to change the subject and he just looked at me and he was like, no, not a buzzkill really. Like, it's just a part of life. And he just like was like, I'm so sorry to hear that. And was like really nice and normal and kind of held the space and acknowledged it and acknowledged that it wasn't a buzzkill. And I remember that meant a lot to me. And, you know, I don't think I'll necessarily see this guy again. I was like on a trip, like he was on a trip. Like it wasn't like one of those things, but I was like, huh, okay. Maybe it's not as horribly scary to share it. And people are generally more receptive to things than you would think, but it's definitely a weird one to navigate. Yeah, I um I have not dated while either one of my people have passed away, but um when we were talking about this topic originally I was like, "Oh, I can't really think of anything." But now when we were, I listened to you Kathy speak, it dawned on me. Um so in 2019 I had a partner and I think it would have been 
2018 that Papa passed away. It wasn't super, super a long different time from each other. But I remember I was dating this guy. We were dating for a while. We worked together. And uh, I finally, like, I kind of shared with him. I haven't really told him exactly what happened, but I told him something about Papa. And he came to the, like, one-year anniversary dinner with my whole family in Chicago and, like, came and, like, we went to, like, the gravesite and, like, sat and had a drink with Papa because, like, that's what we do. And I remember, like, I don't know. I think at the time I was so into it. I was like, oh, my gosh, like, everyone's going to have their partner there and I want to have my partner there. And I'm sure at that time I thought I was going to be with him for a really long time. But I remember whenever we ended up breaking up, which was actually shortly after, even though we had dated for quite a while and like been through a lot of stuff together. um, I remember like resenting him for the reason that like he went to go see Papa and like I had never taken anyone there before. And it was a special like quote unquote like thing or place for me to like be with where he was buried, which in reality, it doesn't really matter that all that much. But I remember when we first broke up, like that was one thing that really, really, really pissed me off about it all. Um, and so like, it was almost like I resented the partner for that instead of like the behavior that made me break up with them, I guess. Um, but it was an interesting kind of thought process behind the fact that I had shared that space with him um, and with the family. So that's something that I kind of just reminded that dawned on me whenever Kathy was speaking. Mads, was it the feeling that like it was such a sacred thing and you like let this person into this sacred thing and then there was a form of like rejection or abandonment? Like is that where that came from? And now you're like, well, I can show a new person it, but it's not the same because you were the first person I showed. Yeah, I don't think – I think at that time, I do think it was a place of like a sacred spot I showed someone. Um, But I think at that time, I was just so – like now I don't really care about it. But back then, I was so mad and frustrated because I feel like not almost like an abandonment of him, but I felt that I had finally – opened up about the whole situation and the fact that like I was because I, I've talked about how like I blacked out through that whole thing and I have, didn't start going to therapy until like consistently until last year and so I feel as though it was someone that I had shared that with and some that I had shared someone I had shared the place with and so I think that in the the midst of all of it I was like how dare you know that something we like he didn't know we were going to break up but, like how dare you know and you go and be there. And in reality, he was trying to be supportive and we were dating and we, he knew my like immediate family anyways. Um, and I don't know if I would do it differently now, but that is, it's something that it was like a, just a feeling of like resentment that he had been in that space. Um, and it was such a sacred moment and space and time for, you know, one year is kind of tough. So, um, I remember that being really something that I struggled with after we broke up, but that's a really good question, Kelsey. Wait, also, Mads, I think you had mentioned that an ex texted you when um, your papa passed away, and I kind of wanted to hear about that. Like, was it weird? Did it open up a door? Or, like, did you like it? Because I feel like there are people out there, the exes, that are like, do I text this person? Do I not text this person? Like, is it appropriate, inappropriate? Yeah, so this was actually like last year. Um, it was when my grandpa passed away, my second grandpa. And I remember I had – we had just broken up about a month before – or maybe not even a month before it had happened. And I remember we were talking and I was like talking about getting his stuff back. And I was like, I'll – I'll, uh, I'm going out of town. I'm going back home. I'll like let you know when I'm back. But he had followed my sister on social media because he had met my family. And I, I dated him down here in North Carolina. He's the only person I've dated down here. But um, he had known – he had met my family over Christmas and they, when they had come to town. So he knew them. So he had followed them. And I remember he – 
I was with my grandpa when he passed away, and so there was a lot to unpack there. And uh, I remember he, I like saw his name on the phone, and I was just like, what? like it kind of annoyed me. But I think like see, I was grateful and like happy, and I feel like I was also dealing with all that shit with my grandpa and with him and with all this stuff. And I was like, I didn't even know how to feel. But yeah, he ended up texting me, and he's like, Hey, I saw that your grandpa passed away. I just want to let you know, like I'm so like it was a very sweet text, and I'm sure like I would have done the same thing, and I did really appreciate it. Um, in the moment, I was just like, what do I do with this? And it was kind of like I felt like I had so many like mountains everywhere. I was like, which one should I try to climb up first and figure <laughs> out? I think I texted something really short back. I was like, thanks. Thanks. Whatever. <laughs> but um, I do know that I do know that his heart was in the good place. And I'm sure that I think when I think back on it, it was a very kind text. And I think I would have been more upset if he didn't text me. And he didn't have to, right? Because he I didn't post about it. It was my sister that he saw. So uh, I thought that was it was a very interesting experience to say the least of that whole thing. Yeah, I feel like I'm in the mindset now that if they were someone who you cared about or do care about or did for enough of a time of your life, reaching out with a quick text if someone passes away is usually a good thing. I think people appreciate that more than not, as long as you don't have any expectations of how that person's going to respond. So hopefully if he sent that, you could have not responded, you could have sent him a novel back, or you could have just said thanks, period, like you did. And that doesn't matter because all that should matter. Like there shouldn't be an ulterior motive. But for anyone out there who's like wondering, like, should I text them? Should I not? Um, I feel like I've learned from other friends who have gone through like loss of loved ones before me. And now that I've done it, I feel like and have received those messages. It feels good to receive the messages as long as, again, the person isn't expecting anything more. Um, I had an ex from high school slash early college. And we have not had any contact and he did not reach out and I didn't necessarily expect him to, but he like definitely knew my mom and like got to know her decently well. Um, but my sister, she had, um, more recent exes. And so like, that was different. Like one came to the service, which was kind of a big thing, but it was a really, really, really recent ex. So like he had known our family a lot, you know, other ex was like very far away, but like reached out quite a bit. So outside of my one random high school one, I would say between my sister and I, like a lot of exes did reach out. Um, just a fun added complicated layer. Like you said, many mountains going on and that just becomes one of them. Yeah, I uh it's interesting. I have a really good friend who I won't name, but she um had lost her grandpa around the similar time that I did. And I remember um she had had a partner that she had dated for a long time throughout college and he knew her family and she was really upset that he didn't reach out because she knew that he had seen it and that she had known and that she had such like that her grandpa was her closest relationship in her life. And so she was like, he knows this. He saw it. I know that he did. Like so much as like she had like looked at who saw her story and knew that he saw it. And um, it was – and I was like – it was just a situation. It's like I don't know what to say. Um, So I think in the future if I ever have that question in my mind and I see something, I probably will just reach out because I think that the word – like it – they can't really do harm if they want to ignore it and it doesn't bother and it like bothers them and they won't but like I remember feeling that um she had just felt that it was kind of a, a stab in the back a tiny bit just because she knows that this person that was so close with her saw something that was important to her and didn't mention anything it probably goes back to like why we're starting this whole podcast like I would like to think that guy at least thought about it and he just probably felt oh, I don't know what to say. I don't know the right thing to say. I don't want to add to this, uh, like whatever. And it's like, 
it's okay to acknowledge something. It doesn't mean you're going to be like rekindling a relationship, but especially if it was that close of a relationship and he was that close, it's like, yes. But again, people don't know. People usually have good intention. I'm hopeful it wasn't malicious, but it's good to talk about and to acknowledge for sure. Yeah, exactly. So I know we've talked a little bit about past relationships. I kind of wanted to switch gears thinking about future relationships and something that has crossed my mind. And I think Kelsey, you kind of came up with this too, is like grappling with the fact that the person that you lost um, won't be there to maybe meet the person that you like end up with or your future partner. And maybe like they're somehow they have and that person is in our life and it's going to surprise us later on in life. I highly doubt it for myself. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I feel like, yeah, I feel like I, I don't know. I have a hard time wrapping my head around the fact that my dad won't know who my future partner is. Um, but I do think that there are ways that I can kind of like honor him or keep his memory alive with my future partner so that my future partner understands how much like he is still a part of me. And I do want to keep like his memory alive, even with even that you like talking about the future partner doesn't know him personally. Have you ever had those feelings, Kelsey, or like, have they come across? I know it's super fresh still. No, even though it is fresh and like I am, you know, not dating someone, I am nowhere close to marriage, but it was something that I thought about pretty immediately right after her passing, like, which sounds insane because again, I'm not even, you know, not even seeing anyone, but it, it was something where I'm like, wow, okay. So obviously my mom, one of the most important people in my life and my future husband should be one of the most important people in my life too. And the path, the fact that they will not meet is really difficult to wrap your mind around. But I do, I do like the idea of trying to think of ways to like connect them or find ways to like teach, you know, him about her or to show things. And over time, like kind of continue to bridge that gap. Like I feel like that will be a very important piece of my future Uh, husband relationship. And like, I've heard from some people who I've talked to who like lost their mom at a young age and now have like grandkids and kids of their own. And this coworker, she said, I talked about my late mother to my kids so much that when they were little kids, they would be like, oh, look, there's a butterfly. That's, you know, grandma's favorite animal or something like that. Like they would just speak about her like they knew her. And I thought like that was really cool to hear and something that I would definitely want to try to carry on myself, jumping even further ahead to like future kids and family. But yeah, from how I kind of look is like you said, first couple dates, maybe it gets brought up if it has to be, but ideally not. And then very gradually, like someone I'd have to really trust to be vulnerable with to tell the whole deep story of everything and how it happened. Um, and then starting to bridge that gap, like you said, the the graveside is something that I'm like, that's really personal, like you said, Mads. And you know, that's something that I feel like is super down the line and hate to even be thinking of this. But yeah, all those kind of what if sprouted thoughts are, are definitely in there. It's interesting, Kathy, that you asked Kelsey that question because it's really hard for me to think about a future um, partner and what that looks like um, and not get super anxious about it all. But I remember um, when my sister had gotten engaged, um, 
she had like gotten to show Papa the ring and he knew her partner and well and I remember like almost a pit of like jealousy and then I felt guilty that I felt jealous but I remember like having a tiny bit of like not even really but and I hate to say this because like my sister is my blood and soul but like a tiny bit of like resentment that I was like it's not fair to me that her partner went through um got to know all the stuff about Papa but in the same hand I also remember at the funeral whenever I was really upset and I was there by myself like we I very vividly remember we were at the gravesite watching them layer the casket and my cousin's fiance and my sister's now husband both come and like put their arms around us so it's like not that he wasn't there for the whole family on top of that like my brother-in-law is the most amazing person but I definitely always had this like ping of guilt and jealousy until like recently that they had gotten to have that relationship yeah I think that's really honest and really relatable because I mean, my, like I said, my sister has been in way more recent relationships. So there was a period where I thought that, where it was like my mom would have known her boyfriend or future husband and not mine. And I relate to that, man. It's like that's, oh, you know, not to anyone's fault, but that's a really sad, you know, mismatch there. And it feels really unfair and it feels really frustrating because that, again, that person is hypothetically such a huge, huge, huge part of your life. And for, you'd be like, damn, like I can see it in front of me. Like somebody else got that experience that I'm not going to have. And that's really hard. And I don't think there's an easy answer to that. Um, other than I love hearing how much those guys were there for you too. Like that's really great. And knowing that, you know, the right person just wasn't there in that time. And, you know, <laughs> hopefully your, your grandpas would be like, you know, love the person that you end up with. But it, it is really hard pill to swallow. Kathy, I know we have said that jealousy is something that gets to be its own episode. But have you felt that sense of jealousy and everything too? Yeah, especially coming from a young age of when I lost my dad, I feel like there are so many people in my life that and like, to be honest, and I, I don't mean this in an offensive way. I think like, People get jealous. Like I feel like the the people that lost somebody younger get jealous of the people that lose them when they're older. And again, I don't want this to come off offensive, but I, it is an honest feeling that I think others might have of just like, oh, well, they got to have like those other years and they got to meet like my high school friends, my college friends or their college friends um, versus like my dad get, didn't get to meet anybody and only got to meet my elementary school friends, which – some to this day, I still hold very in very high regard and are still super close to me. So there are people in my life now that he did meet, which has been kind of almost like weird to wrap my head around because the majority of people he hasn't. But um, it's it is very touching and it warms my heart that he got to meet a couple of those people in my life. Um like in elementary school. So I definitely get jealous a bit of other people and like them knowing and their loved one, like in other areas of their life. But I mean, in no way, like comparing like one is worse than the other by any means. I just, yeah, I think, I think that, that that's where maybe like some of the jealousy comes in. No, for sure. And I think you hit on something with the whole, there's now, it feels like such a small like group of people in your life who didn't know him. And I know that's something my sister and I have talked about where it's like, right now, a lot of people in our life, not everyone, but a lot of people in our life knew her. But at, with every passing year of meeting new and new people, that pod feels smaller and smaller. And 
that will be a defining factor in those relationships for the rest of my life. And I can tell by like just how you talk about those elementary school friends, Kathy, like that they're so special to you because they represent that piece of your life where like your dad was there and your dad was a part of your life physically. And so I can relate to that, that they're, you know, to no one's fault, just timing and circumstance. There's a group of people who knew her and there's going to be a group of people who didn't. And that's just going to be a weird divide in relationships in my life for forever. And Mads, you probably feel the same with your, your grandpas too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, it's funny because I find myself sometimes even going back to those friends who did know him or know them to talk about things or to bring things up. But I've also kind of found, which I know I touched on in our last episode, it's been kind of fun. Like when I was wearing the shacket and someone at Cycling complimented me, I took it as my opportunity to tell them about him and to like share, which is something you can't always do. Um, I don't know if it was the extra serotonin boosting in me after I cycled for an hour, but it was I was using the people asking about that stuff as like a good excuse to talk about him because in a way that made me happy and be like, you know, I was just thinking he'd think it was so funny. Everyone loves it because it's just his old work jacket. Um, so I feel like in a little bit and again, it's been it's been it's not as close of a loss. I mean, with parents like like just biologically, but um, I know that that's been it's been kind of an, a fun thing. Again, not always, but just every once in a while to kind of use it as an excuse to, to tell my new North Carolina friends about him because no one down here knew any of my family. So, yeah, it's like, how do you bring that up and how do you bridge that gap with all the people who didn't know her? And it's like using the friends or the people in your life who did know her are a great bridge. Like, I know I've been in situations where it's like a group of mixed friends, like some who didn't know her, some who did. Someone will be like, oh, this song, like your mom loved this song. And it's a nice way to like bridge that gap of like, I'm connecting with the friend and appreciate the friend who knew her, but it's helping almost educate the people who didn't know her, but it's a way to acknowledge it in a normal way without it being this big, heavy, strange thing. So just so many interesting layers and dynamics and like going back to the beginning, dating and relationships with the apps and with everything going on are already hard enough. And this is just an added layer. So if you're listening and you're dealing with this, we see you. There's an added layer of respect for everything you are going through too. Enjoyed me for a glass of wine while we talk about the uh, stress that is. <laughs> and also hopefully in the future, we can interview somebody who is in a relationship and maybe can give us that actual <laughs> advice of how they support their loved one um, since we can't speak on it right now. Um, but I think that would be like a cool topic to kind of touch on because I know grief is super individualized and how people go through it and what they want. Some people want to like literally be locked in a room versus other people want to talk through it. So I think it'd just be super interesting to hear from people who are in relationships, like what they've learned from kind of communicating with their significant other. And on top of that, hopefully we in maybe six months, we do a check-in to see if there's any <laughs> updates in our dating lives. You know, nothing too soon. We got to give ourselves some time, but let's, let's give ourselves some credit. Maybe we'll have updates, but I do think, yes, we should interview somebody because that feels like a safe bet. <laughs> if there is an update, which I don't foresee happening, I promise to let you guys know first. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Perfect. Um, well, I think that wraps up our dating and relationship episode. Um, thank you guys for listening. Follow our Instagram page for updates and trailers and graphics. Like Mad says that we're trying to make it look as professional as possible. That's <laughs> at the morning crew, M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G. Um, the email address is 
themorningcrew at gmail.com. If you have questions, feedback, anything, things you want us to talk about next time. Um, But yeah, thank you for listening. Rate, review, follow all the things on all the podcast platforms. We should be on all the platforms now. And we'll be back in another couple weeks. Thank you.